Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to a Thunder and Lightning Extra here on Super Talk Mississippi. And joining me now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, Mississippi State Director of Athletics, John Cohen. John, I would give just about anything right now to be talking to you about football, baseball, anything. I just want to make that just from the start. Like I would, I would really love to just talk sports with you today. But unfortunately, we sort of are where we are. For me, you know, when you think about crisis management, for you that used to mean you know down two in the ninth, bottom of the order coming up. What what kind of changes am I going to make? What what have you learned about yourself as a leader throughout all this? Well, I think I've learned that we have great leadership at the highest level at Mississippi State University under Dr. Mark Keenum. Um, I, I, I've just been so impressed. You know, you, you really don't find out as much about pe- people. Um, until you, you go through situations like this, and he's just been phenomenal. Um, I, I have learned that we have an incredible staff. Um, our medical people led under the direction of uh, Mary McClendon has just been phenomenal. Um, I, I just feel so fortunate to be part of an institution that wants to do things the right way, and are we going to make mistakes? Of course we are. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Are we striving every day to do things the right way? Yes. And I, I think, um, you know, for now, we, we have, have done the things we need to do to, to quite frankly, protect our student-athletes and do everything we can to, to be part of this university community, which you know, part of our responsibility is to protect all of the students and staff at Mississippi State University. So uh, it's difficult, it's challenging, um, but in a lot of ways it's rewarding because you don't you really, you mentioned this, Brian, you don't really don't find out a lot about yourself and your staff until you're faced with these challenges. Yeah. You had to meet with the uh, the other athletic directors of the SEC uh, earlier this week, obviously, and of course the, the, the tone of that meeting was probably not the most positive one, just based on what we've seen from the conference and the releases they made, what the NCAA said yesterday. Just if you had to sort of give us – I know you've been considering all these situations, and, and you're probably not – obviously not ready to make any kind of permanent decision, but if you had to give us an idea of where we are in terms of football season happening in a relatively normal fashion, how, how positive are you? Well, again, going back to leadership, you know, I – I can't imagine going through this with anybody besides um, Greg Sankey. I, I think he has thought about everything. He's not quick to judge. He's not a knee-jerk reaction leader. He is somebody <clears throat> who looks at every eventuality, looks at every opportunity that's out there, and I have total faith that he's going to make great decisions. Um you know, there are things, there's a division of responsibility here, obviously, okay? So the league has the responsibility of protecting um, student-athletes, uh, protecting officials, pr- protecting visiting teams. Um, we're, we're more uh, protecting um, our fans, uh, protecting our institution, um, and I think those two things have come together nicely, and I, I don't think the I don't think the, the Southeastern Conference has run away from any of their responsibilities, and 
they have been tremendous throughout this entire process. It, it ain't going to get easier, Brian. It's going to get it's yeah. uh, it's going to get harder. But I I feel like Greg and his staff have been there for us, and it's been an incredible working relationship. So right now, when when you think about you know trying to put football season together and all of that, is it sort of a case of hurry up and wait because you have ideas and you have things you'd like to, to start you know moving forward with, but at the same time you're sort of beholden to what's going on around the country. Well, quite frankly, Brian, we we need things to trend in a different direction. Um, you know, with this virus, I mean, we just do. Um, and I, I'm not an epidemiologist, so I don't get to say these five things need to happen for the trend to go in our direction. Um, but, you know, I don't know all the science behind a mask. I don't. And I do believe in personal freedom. Uh, I think that's why we live in the greatest country in the world. But, but I will say this. If there's a one in a thousand chance that I'm helping to save someone's life or save somebody from getting sick or helping to move our society back to some sense of normalcy, I'm going to wear a mask. Um, I think there are things that we can all do. Um, And and none of us are experts. In some ways, we're we're flying a little bit blind because we get so much contradictory information. Um, But I do think there are things we can do. And if we all work together, um, I think we can you know, reverse this trend and be able to play college football and all of our other fall sports, volleyball, soccer at Michigan State. We saw the NCAA, or sorry, USA Today release the, uh, the NCAA budget reports that they do every year. Mississippi State uh, in a pretty good spot. It looked like a, about a $13 million profit on athletics a season ago. How crucial is something like that at a time like this? Well, I, again, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to take credit for this. Um, uh, our, our fans have, have been incredible. Our, our support unit as a university has been incredible. Um, we we do have one of the lower budgets in the Southeastern Conference. Um, quite frankly, we, we have a fewer amount of sports probably than anybody in the league um, or as few as anybody in the league. Um, if you look at Larry Templeton and his leadership when he was here, all the way through Greg Byrne to Scott Strickland and now myself, all of us have been committed <clears throat> to putting away funds for you know a potential rainy day. And boy, we're in the middle of we're not in a rainy day. We are in the rainforest right now. Um, I mean, it's we're, we're, this is a storm that we're in, and thank goodness. You know, the people before me and, and even now uh, with the leadership of our university, we have been able to to put funds away to allow us to make decisions not strictly based on funding, but what's in the best interest of Mississippi State, the best interest of our student-athletes. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. Obviously, you know, getting fans into the stadium has been one of the, the biggest issues and the biggest topics we've talked about throughout all of this. Uh, Keith Carter was on Sports Talk Mississippi recently and talked about how you know there, there's, a, there's a point for, for allowing fans into the stadium where you're losing money. If it's only 25% of the stadium, it costs more money just to have your, your staff there than it does just to not have fans at all. Is, is there a point for you as well where you say, look, if we can't have X percentage, we, we probably should go with no fans? 
Yeah, I, I listen, to me, this isn't all about dollars and cents. <clears throat> and even though I, I think what, what Keith is saying there, there, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying, uh, we probably would end up having a net loss at 25%. But let, let's keep this in mind. I, I think parents need to be able to come watch their kids play in any sport. And families need to watch their kids participate. We forget that you have such a short window of your life experiences uh, as a young person that you get to share with your family. And this is, you know, I'm talking about all of our sports here. I, I think that's of critical importance. So let's, let's not forget that the families deserve to watch these kids play their sports, and hopefully that'll happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, um, I don't know what 25% of our, our total capacity is. I can get close to it. Is that 12,000? Is it 13,000 people? To, to me, it, it is worth it even, it, even if it is a net loss, to have those people to create some type of environment for these student-athletes. This is what they signed up for. They signed up for to, to have people in the stands. And even though this isn't what we would want it to be, um, the student-athletes and, and the staff deserve to have so, as much support as we can provide them. And if that's 25%, then it's 25%. We hope it's more. But, again, that's going to be a, a state and local government decision. It's not going to be a Keith Carter or, or John Cohen decision in the state of Mississippi. That's an interesting point. Is that something that, you know, beyond the athletic directors, the, the government of this state would have a, a role in? Oh, there's, there's no question about that. And, in fact, uh, Dr. Keenum has been in touch with state and local government because, I mean, let's be honest here, the educational component is the most important thing here. You know, our students um, who come onto this campus to get an education, that that is the whole ball game. I mean, intercollegiate athletics is is extremely important for a variety of reasons, but more important are those student athletes being able to get an education at a, at a world-class institution like Mississippi State. So, you know, Dr. Keenum has been in touch with all of these officials, and there's no question he's going to lead the way on, along with those officials, on the capacity of our stadium. Um, I, I would love to see it more than 25%. Um, and, and again, I think we have some time. Do you, do you push the season back just in order to have more people in the stands? That, that is a, an issue that's being wrestled with it at many levels right now as well. We're going to change topics here. And, and you, you're a guy who might know a thing or two about baseball scholarships. I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but Obviously, we saw the NCAA ruling about uh, that they're going to allow for need-based aid to be or, or academic aid to be added on to the 11.7 rule. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't really understand why that ruling is a big deal. I don't know what it means to Mississippi State. Can you sort of talk me through what's happening here, and, and, and is it possible that Mississippi State could be in a position where they could offer more aid to players on top of that 11.7 scholarships? The, the answer to your question is yes, they, they have loosened a little bit the ability to have additional scholarship aid. How much does it affect Mississippi State? In my opinion, right now, not much. 
Um, the the need-based aid factor, quite quite frankly, um, is it's it's a game changer in college baseball, and it's probably could be a game changer in many other equivalency sports. Um, Ryan, I. <laughs> Here's the dirty little secret of the equivalency sports, and I'll go specifically to baseball. Um, nobody, nobody in Division One baseball has 11.7 scholarships. Right. They either have more or they have less. You know, there's a, a large contingency of schools that do not fully fund baseball, so they're beneath 11.7. But every institution has merit-based aid or need-based aid. The question is how much. There are many states around the southeastern region of the country that offers uh, tuition assistance um, from state government. Um, and if you add that in the mix, um, again, schools are not operating at 11.7. I- I've said this many, many times. Um, it's kind of unfortunate, but... If this were a football issue and somebody discovered in the sport of football that one school had more scholarship aid than another school, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine, yeah. Brian? I mean, seriously, um, there would be a war fought over this. But for whatever reason, with the equivalency sports, and, and again, I'm, I'm speaking to mostly baseball here, it just it doesn't seem to move a needle anywhere. And it's, in my opinion, it's it's unfortunate um, because you know the, these coaches are out there working their tails off in the best league in America and and throughout the country. Um, they're they're working their tails off to to get kids to come to their institution, and quite frankly, it becomes a scholarship issue. So the more scholarship aid you have to offer, quite frankly the better your program's going to be. And, and listen, I'll say this also, Ryan. We, we have a beautiful facility. We have arguably the best facility of its kind in, in the entire country, and we're really proud of that. But as nice a stadium as we have, if we're offering a kid a 25 or 40% scholarship, which is really common under the current guidelines, I mean, a kid and, and their parents, depending on their financial background, you know, they they might say, hey, the stadium's beautiful, but I, I can't pay $30,000 a year to come play baseball for you yeah. because this other place is, is allowing me to come, you know, for $10,000 or paying nothing. So, again, the dirty little secret is kids are paying and their parents are paying the privilege of playing college baseball in the Southeastern Conference at most schools, at some schools, kids are are getting huge scholarship aid, and they're actually being not not necessarily paid, but rewarded because of the nature of their scholarship situation. And at, at most of the institutions in the SEC, kids are actually paying for the privilege to play baseball, and that that to me even speaks more to the, the caliber of the kids and the families that have to endure this in, in college baseball. So anyway, that was a long answer to a very short question. Um, it's just a shame that this is the way it has to be, but unfortunately it's, 
it's the world we live in right now. I wanted a long answer to that question because honestly, it's it's a very confusing topic to me, and I I, I wanted to get a more of an expert opinion on that. We'll, we'll wrap up with just. This is a sort of the same question that I've been asked. We had Ross Dellinger on who broke the story about what the NCAA guidelines for COVID-19. We asked him this question. I'm going to ask you, if, on a scale of 1 to 10, if I said we're going to play 10 football games this fall, what's your confidence level on that? Oh, wow. I don't, you know, I don't know if I can put it into a number. Because, um, you know, I, Brian, I'm kind of a numbers guy myself. I know you are. I ask, I ask people that, that same question. Um, I, I just I, I don't know. Um, I, I would say it's 9 out of 10 that we're going to play college football at some point. Um, I, I don't feel quite as comfortable saying 9 out of 10 uh, in the time frame of the fall. Um, just because there are so many unknowns. Yeah. Um, but, but again, I, you know, one of the things that bothers me when, as I read you know, comments from the media around the country is, I, you know, people get angry at optimism. Yeah. I mean, that, that one really escapes me. I mean, I read people criticizing optimism. Boy, I hate to think that's where we are in our country right now, that you get criticized for being optimist, optimistic. But I, I want to continue to be optimistic because I think our student-athletes and Mississippi State deserves to have optimism. It really is something that, that throughout all this, the most common answer and the correct answer to almost every question has been, I don't know. And, and that's tough for people like me who, you know, my job is to answer questions and people like you who, you know, you need answers to questions. But it's been a lot of I don't know. Hopefully our, our time of I don't know will be coming to an end uh, sooner rather than later. John Cohen, Director of Athletics for Mississippi State, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a great day. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.